Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Central Wired podcast, and thanks for listening in. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwired.com or on Facebook and Instagram. We hope this week's message meets you right where you're at. Enjoy. Everybody, I love you guys. I thank God for you. I miss you. Can't wait till we're together again in person. And uh, I think about you. I-, I care about how you're doing. I care about how you're feeling. Uh, I think about how you're getting through what we're all going going through. It's one of the reasons that we keep adding uh, extra opportunities to grow your faith and your relationship with Jesus, to get beefed up on your spiritual insides. Because here's what I know. Inside strength is what wins outside battles. And we all face battles on the outside. It's one of the reasons I'm just going to call you, challenge you to make a flat-out commitment, draw a line in the sand, and say, no matter what, every weekend, I'm going to join my church in worship. Online, in person, when that happens, I'm going to be a part of it. And every Wednesday at 7 p.m., I'll join Ray on Facebook for Second Take. Use our prayer guides. Use our study guides. Grow your faith on the inside. Get fired up and flourishing on the inside so you can win the battles on the outside because the opposite is also true. Inner weakness, inner weaknesses causes us to drift in life. I mean, the the battle still rages on, but we find ourselves drifting into anger and anxiety. Uh, we, we don't feel like we're winning at all. We find ourselves drifting into fear and worry. We find ourselves drifting into discouragement, disappointment, despair. And, and, and so, in fact, right now, life is such a hard battle because it's a battle on two fronts. I mean, on one side, one front is the disease itself. The other front is the side effects of emotional and mental dis-ease. I mean, the the health professionals can tell you what to do to avoid the virus. What I wanna do is to tell you how to get victory over the side effects of dis-ease. Dis-ease in your relationships, dis-ease emotionally and mentally. How to be strong, how to have a flourishing faith so that though you're in the fight of your lives, you win, win, win. You're not drifting, you're anchored. Now our Lord, um, he, he commissioned his brother James to write one of the books of the Bible because the people to whom James was writing, early Christ followers, they were facing a similar kind of struggle. Their lives had been turned upside down in the worst way possible. They weren't fighting a disease. They were, they were fighting severe persecution and the dis-ease caused by the severe persecution. They were not able to worship in public as they once had together. <laughs> Does that sound in any way familiar? And it wasn't so the, the, it wasn't so much the devastating effects of the persecution that would defeat them. No, it was the side effects, the dis-ease of how they responded, how they thought about, how they looked at the persecution. And so so James writes, and um, what he tells us is this, the word of God is the only anchor 
I don't know what you've got your heart anchored to right now. But James says the word of God is the only anchor that holds secure and true when the storms of life are stronger than you. The word of God is the only anchor. People will turn uh, to drinking and drugs. People will unleash their anger. People will slip into disappointment, discouragement, and despair. Those aren't anchors. They just set you farther adrift. This is the only anchor that holds us sure and secure. Um, the psalmist cries out this way. When my heart is overwhelmed by the storms of life, lead me to the towering rock. David writes, the rock that is higher than I. I need a rock stronger than me. I need a rock more stable and steady than me. I need a rock that holds my anchor secure. Now, as I was preparing this talk, um, the little island of Puerto Rico was just getting blasted by that hurricane, Isaias. And I mean, they were already struggling. They'd already been hammered by COVID-19. It was, it was a terrible plague on the island. But now because of the hurricane, they had floods. Roads were washed out. Hundreds of thousands of people were without electricity. I mean, it's absolutely terrible. And there are people on that little island that are very dear to me. And as I watched the newscast, it made me think of the people here in the state line and in Central Christian Church who are very dear to me because this battle we're going through is a terrible storm. And we need a rock. James says, God's word is a rock secure and firm that will hold you in any storm, keep you stabilized in any storm, keep you safe in any storm. You see, the word of God is not a, an option. The word of God is eternal. Um, we've said before that James, he was the brother of Jesus, and there's no book in the Bible that's more filled with the teachings of Jesus than the book of James. It's like James wrote just what his brother said. So let's look first to Jesus and what he said about the rock. Here it is, Word of God, book of Matthew. Jesus said, everyone who pays attention to my word and puts it into practice. So it's not just enough to read it, study it, memorize it, but put it into practice. Everyone who pays attention to my word, doesn't matter how much money you got, doesn't matter what kind of job you got, doesn't matter if you're unemployed, if you pay attention to my word and practice my word, that person is wise, builds his house on a solid rock foundation, a storm hit, rain poured down, floodwaters rose, stormy winds beat hard against the house, yet it did not collapse. Nothing moved it. It was anchored to the rock. Uh, but, but anyone who hears my word and does not put it into practice, you can read it, you can study it, you can memorize it, but if you don't put it into practice, you're like a fool who built his house on sand. A storm hit, rain poured down, floodwaters rose, and when the stormy winds blew against that house, it collapsed with a huge crash. Well, right now, as we're in this stormy two-front battle, on one end, of the disease, and on the other hand, the, the side effects, that is emotional and mental dis-ease. 
You, you've got a, a choice. You build your life anchored to the rock in the storm, or you build your life on sand. Um, Jesus says there are three forces that will come against you in, in the storms of life. One is rain. That, that is an indication of the uncertainty of the times. We don't know how long this is going to last. We don't know how bad it's going to get. That's what the rain symbolizes. Second was the floodwaters. Floodwaters always bring unwanted change. And third was the gale force winds that hammered the house. That's um, unpleasant unaccounted for, disruption, painful disruptions in life. Jesus says every life has storms, and storms bring three forces, uncertain times. We don't know how long this is going to last. We don't know how bad it's going to get. Unwanted changes. You feel like you're going through that right now? And painful disruptions of life in all areas of life. The wise person builds their life on the rock the, the foolish person builds their life on sand and they just find themselves drifting into anxiety and anger, uh, despair and disappointment, discouragement. We want to build our lives on the rock because the rock is unshakable. Most people, it says the story Jesus told, this house built on sand collapses and most people right now are going to collapse. They're going to go into emotional and mental collapse because of this two-front storm we're battling. Their relationships are going to collapse. They're going to find themselves collapsing into discouragement and disappointment, utter despair. But there is a life that stands firm, not based on the strength of the life, but on the strength of the rock that it's anchored to. So, what is this rock and what makes it so stable and immovable? It's the fact this rock is unshakable because it's unchanging. Let me give you this truth. The only thing in this world that never changes is the rock solid truth of God's word. You see, truth is always truth. If it was truth 2,000 years ago, it's still truth today and will continue to be truth thousands of years to come. This is our rock. In fact, the word of God, book of Hebrews says, we have this hope. Our rock is our hope. Our rock keeps us anchored to hope. This is our hope. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enables David, the psalmist, to sing, God, my soul is weak from waiting on you to save me, but my hope is based on your word. The unchangeable character of God's word. So here's the big question. How do I anchor my life to the rock? How do I, in the midst of this two-front battle, two-front storm, the disease and the dis-ease, how do I anchor my life to the rock? so that I stay strong, so that I have joy, so that I never lose my hope, never lose my peace, so that I'm getting stronger and stronger always on the inside. 
Well, remember what Jesus said. It's not just what you read of his word, though read it, pay attention to it. It's what you practice as well. So let me give you today two anchor actions. Here's anchor action number one. Treat the Bible as God's personal present to you, a personal gift from God to you. And when you get a gift from someone who loves you deeply and dearly, the gift is meant to be opened and enjoyed. You, you, you are meant, God didn't give us his word for his benefit. He gave us his word for our benefit. Isaiah the prophet says, the Lord says, my people, I promise to give you my spirit and my word. These will be my gifts to you and to your families forever. Yeah, to you, but there's a ripple effect. His word as you practice it has a profound positive effect on your children, on your spouse, in your friendships, but for sure in your family. Um, here's what James says. James speaks this way about the word of God. He says, every good gift and every perfect present comes from God our Father above, who created all the lights in the heavens. But unlike those lights that create shifting shadows, God never changes. His word never changes. God chose to give us life. It's life-giving. God chose to give us life by giving us his word of truth so that we could be his most important creation so that we would be elevated. This elevates us so that we would be valued. This values us, puts us in a place of value before God. So, man, with all my heart, I want to convince you to make this a huge priority. Every day you're opening this gift. Every day you're enjoying this gift. Every day you're getting benefit from this gift. And what makes this gift of God's word so beneficial? Number one, God's word is good. It's good. That means that as you practice the promises of God's word, as you lay claim to them, good comes into your life. In fact, when bad things happen, as you practice the promises, th those bad things are transformed into good. The ugly becomes beautiful in its time. Not just good, but God's word is perfect. That means it is without error. It is infallible. That means it's utterly reliable. It tells you the truth, and God's word is just that, truth. It means God's word, as you practice it, will never lead you in the wrong direction. It, God's word will always tell you exactly what you need. Man, throughout the course of my life, I have found that to be so practically true. When I'm discouraged, when I have my back against the wall, when I'm cornered by the storms of life, I turn to God's word and it shows me the way through. It shows me a way higher. It, it, it begins to fill me with hope and joy and a strength to carry on. And God's word is unchanging. God is unchanging. So the truth of his word the goodness of his word, the perfection of his word is the same for us today as it was for Jesus 2,000 years ago, and it will continue to be the same, unchanging. The, the, the promises, the reality for our children and grandchildren. And finally, 
God's word is life giving. And so as you practice God's word in your relationships, man, it just breathes life into your parenting, breathes life. The life of God into your marriage breathes life, uh, the life of God into your friendships. It's life-giving. In fact, as you practice God's word in your finances, God breathes on your finances and they grow like a living thing. God's word, as you practice it, gives life, breathes life into your emotions, breathes joy, breathes hope, breathes a grateful spirit, breathes peace, breathes love. Um, James writes, God chose. It was God's choice. God is all wise. God chose to give us life by giving us his word. And so when we practice this, true life, superabundant life, the life of God grows within us. Paul wrote to the church in Rome. He said, everything written in the past was written to teach us. It's going to show us the way. The scripture gives us endurance and encouragement that we can have hope. Oh my gosh, you and me right now, we need endurance. That capacity to keep on keeping on in the face of this struggle. We don't know how it's going to last, how long it's going to last. We don't know how hard it's going to get. But God gives us endurance as we practice his word. He gives us more than that. He gives us the capacity for courage. He puts courage in us so we can face whatever life brings our ways. We, we can, it's, it's not like the, the uncertainty or the unwanted changes or the painful disruptions will throw us off course. No, God's, we keep having courage in the face of all that. And it anchors us to hope. As we pour our hearts into God's word, he pours endurance and encouragement and hope, those three qualities we need most to do the battle with this two-fronted storm, endurance, encouragement, and hope. God just fills us with those qualities full to the overflowing. That's anchor action number one. Treat this Bible like it's a precious personal gift to you from God himself. Open it up. Enjoy it. Gain all its benefits. But here's anchor action number two. Stand near God on the rock, the living word. You see, this is the written word of God. Jesus is the living word of God. In fact, every word from beginning to end is from Jesus, is by Jesus. This is his word. Your anchor action as you practice this word is to make your stand on Jesus, the rock, the living word. Um, let me explain what this means by taking you into a Moses story. Where we find Moses in this story is absolutely at his wit's end. He is completely beside himself. He feels like he is fighting battles on, on multiple fronts and that he is in the, the, the face of a storm. He has no way out. The people that he has served well and led to safety, led out of slavery, they've all turned against him. And worse, his brother Aaron has betrayed him and then off. The charts worse than any of that. Moses has lost himself. He's come undone. He's 
He's come unhinged. He's gone on a wild, angry rage. He, he just wants to blame everyone and punish everyone around him. He's done acts of, of violence. And when he finally gets a grip, he goes off to be alone with God, climbs the heights of this lonely, desolate mountain. And when he finally gets to a quiet place and his spirit is quieted, he humbly goes down on his knees, bows his head, closes his eyes, opens his soul and begins to pray to God. He prays this way, please, please God, guide me clearly in your ways. My ways are all screwed up. My ways are getting me nowhere. My ways are getting me discouraged. My ways are getting me angry. Guide me clearly in your ways so that I will understand you and walk acceptably before you. Oh my gosh. Moses doesn't get a chance to get another word out of his mouth and immediately, instantaneously, God speaks. God responds to Moses. God says, I will personally go with you, Moses, and I will give you success. I know how flawed you are. I know what a mess you are. I know the mistakes you made. I will personally give you success. Everything will be fine with you, Moses. Now, I, I believe that's God's word for me. I, I believe that I can make it read. I will personally go with you, David. I believe God is saying, I will give you success, David. Everything will be fine with you, David. And I want to be personal for you. I believe that's why God has drawn you into this moment. So I'm going to read the text again. You insert your name. I will go with you personally. And I will give you success. And everything will be fine for you. Now for you, that's the eternal, unchanging truth of God's word. He will personally go with you, whatever you're going through. He will personally give you success. He's out ahead of you, working everything together for the good. Everything's going to be fine for you. That's the truth of God's word. <laughs> Moses, he can't contain himself. He doesn't say thank you. He doesn't say that's awesome, God. Here's what he says. He asks for more of God. Show me your glorious presence. And man, God just says yes, because God loves it when all we want is all of God. When all we want is all of God. So here's what happened. The Lord replied, here's what I'll do, Moses. I will make all my goodness pass before you and will declare my name before you. And I will show mercy to anyone I choose and I will show compassion to anyone I choose, including you, Moses, including you, David, including you. Look, stand near me on this rock. And God does what he promises. When Moses steps on that rock, oh my gosh, God covers him with the palm of his hand and parades before Moses all the goodness of God. Oh my gosh, that's what I want for my family, for my ministry, for my heart. That's what I want for you, that you would stand on the rock. You know what the apostle Paul said? He said that rock was Christ. As you stand on Christ the rock, you are stabilized and secure. 
God covers you in the palm of his hand, covers your marriage, covers your parenting, covers your emotion, and he parades before you all his goodness, richly inundating and washing and cleansing and refining and enhancing and improving and making more. So we're going to practice this right now. These two anchor actions. Um, we're going to do what God's word says to do as we take communion. And as we take communion, we're going to take our stand on Jesus so that God is free to parade all of his goodness before us. So you have the emblems. Um, I, I'd like for you to be ready to take them now. Let me, let me pray over you. Our, our Father, we are grateful that in the storms of life, you are our rock, your word, your unchanging word, your living word, Jesus. You provide a threefold rock that anchors us, anchors us in encouragement, anchors us in endurance, anchors us in hope, keeps us safe and secure. And so we're going to come near you, Lord, because we believe your word when you say that you will personally go with us day by day and that you will give us success and that everything will be fine with us, Lord. As long as we stay anchored to you, that's our hope. And we believe that Jesus made this possible by his death on the cross and his victory over the grave. And so we take our stand on the rock right now as we take the bread, the body of Christ, and eat it together. Would you take the bread, please? And now let me pray over the cup. Lord Jesus, this came at a very dear price for you. Our being able to stand our lives on the stability, the rock solid foundation of the living word and the written word came at the cost of your own shed blood. Your blood poured out for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, anchor us to endurance, anchor us to encouragement. Please, by your shed blood, anchor us to hope. So we take the cup now, Lord. This is the cup of thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Please get a fired up faith, man. Take advantage of our prayer guides or study guides. Take advantage every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on Facebook. Second take with our Ray. God bless you. I love you. Thanks so much for joining us. Just a reminder to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwire.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for being with us and have a great week.